We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Tuesday before the 2020 draft Pack-A-Day podcast edition. And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this draft season has taken 25 years. I was sitting down thinking today about going through this receiver class, especially just kind of thinking about some of the guys that I've watched and how I remember sitting down in like a coffee shop, watching CD lamb, putting his film on for the first time and really starting to take notes on it and being around people, being in an establishment that's open and, you know, being within six feet of people, like so much has happened since then. And now, you know, and here I sit today you know, confined to my house, not being able to leave, not really interacting with people. Um, and this is just what we're what we're doing and where, where we're at. Uh, but goodness gracious, I know I probably speak for a lot of us when I say it does feel like it has been uh, forever and a day. And I know this is something that we are all looking forward to. Thursday night cannot get here soon enough, uh, mostly because I feel like we've talked about most of these draft prospects at length. There's not really any new takes to have out there. I feel like even the draft community on Twitter is very much kind of you just resign to to what you think about these guys. And 
Uh, people aren't even really arguing about them anymore. It's just if someone disagrees with you, you kind of just like, OK, let move on. I, I disagree. And you can have that opinion and whatever. But um, we're just ready to get these picks in. We're ready to, to learn more about um, these guys that are going to be Green Bay Packers. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So with with that said, um, we are going to look at some guys i think you know the last couple years the packers have really kind of been surprising i think in the first round um two years ago i think you know goody's first year he moved all over the place and i think that was surprising you know anything he would have done would have been surprising that was his first year as general manager and then last year Rashawn gary would have been on my short list, but he would have been towards the bottom. That was a really surprising pick. Um, and then trading up for Darnell Savage was something um, that I thought they could have done at the end of the first round with their original 30, uh, the 30th pick overall. Um, so that one didn't shock me too much. And so what we're going to attempt today is I have a list of six guys. And this episode is supposed to be, you know, the Packers big, their final big board. Um, but we're going to focus just on that pick 30, going to try to kind of read some of the tea leaves, throw some names out there, you know, from everything I've either heard um, other people talking about uh, or conversations that I've had with people that are smarter than me, uh, just kind of trying to figure out where are the Packers going to go um, with this first round pick in a couple evenings. And I think when you really look at it, the Packers, um, if they want to get better in the 2020 season, they they need to go one of two ways. I think the the slam dunk pick would be a receiver. I think we can all agree with that. Um, there's been that tweet that's floating around that if you follow the Packers closely, that tweet did not surprise anybody. But Aaron Rodgers led the league in yards missed out because of drops. I think it was like 648 yards, and that wasn't even taking into account the touchdowns. I think I can think of four off the top of my head um, that were just blatant drops. And, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers, 36, going into his year 37. You need to get this man weapons. And he's not, you know, the 2010 version of Aaron Rodgers anymore. And that's okay. He doesn't need to be if you have weapons around him. Um, but what are the Packers going to do to get him those weapons? And I think the second position that you can look at um, that's become very popular with the departure of Brian Bulaga is offensive tackle. I think that is not necessarily as big of a need because they don't – it's not a – they absolutely need to have one this year. Ricky Wagner is—he's a guy that can come in and play, um, and then they can go out if they, if they don't. If I think what a lot of people aren't looking at too is if they do, if they go out and let's say they don't land one of these top offensive tackles that they want to develop, then go get yourself Jared Valdir. Then go sign him. You have two veteran offensive tackles that can play in a pinch. I think between those two guys, you're going to be able to get 16 games of uh, you know average right tackle play. Um, which in the NFL, that's that's pretty good. You know, not everybody in the NFL has two tackles that they can be confident in. Um, the Packers have been very spoiled in the past by having two. Um, that's probably not going to be the case this year, though. It's just there. It, there seems like they're kind of rolling the dice there. So those are the two positions that um, I really think. You know, when you when you look at things, I really do think it's going to be a receiver or a tackle. Now, picking at 30, it is hard to say. So much can happen before um, the Packers could trade up. They could trade back. Um, I think, in fact, I think the Packers would really prefer to trade back, if, especially if one of these six guys is not available or if multiple of them are 
available at pick 30. That's something to look at too. If we get through this list and let's say four of these six guys are available at 30, uh, the Packers might be really comfortable to to trade back four or five spots and know that one of these guys are more than likely still going to be available. So the first position I'm going to look at is, you know, the one that we have absolutely beat to death this offseason. Um, that's the wide receiver position. But I really think you can narrow this down to three players that I think the Packers are really going to be interested in. And I'm going to explain right away why someone is not on this list that you may expect. And that's Denzel Mims. I do not think, I do not think the Packers are in on him. And here's why. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, 36, going to be 37 years old in December. Denzel Mims is not ready to play right now. Um, I've kind of come full circle on him. When I first watched his tape, he was a guy that has big wow moments. He really likes some of the stuff that he can do. Uh, but there's a lot of things that concern you about his game. Um, when you look at him, I think he really struggles. He's going to struggle to get, get off press coverage right away. I think he struggles to play through contact throughout his routes. Um, he did a lot to put those concerns to rest at the Senior Bowl. He looked really well, you know, watching him firsthand. He he was a dominant force out there. He did not struggle to be to be pressed. He did not struggle to play through that stuff. But then you answer, then you ask the question, well, then why did he um, in the bigger sample sizes of his college career? So he's someone that I don't think the Packers are going to be in on. Um, if they do, you know, he has you know sky high potential. He could end up being the best receiver in this draft class. Um, I'll hear I'll hear you tell me that all day long because you're right. He could be. He has every single tool that you could want in a wide receiver. But I do not think he is ready to play right now. He might be hitting his full potential in Rodgers' 40-year-old season. That's not really ideal for the Packers. Um, so I'm going to look at three guys that I think can help this team immediately. The first one, and I'll talk about him first because I think this is slam dunk bar none. This is everybody's favorite hoping to get pick and that's Justin Jefferson out of LSU I think he is someone that could come in I think he's a slot player and I think the Packers need one and that's fine you know if he if he is catching 90 passes for 1200 yards from the slot I don't care um, they need players they need players they need good players at the wide receiver position um, and I think he can also kick outside if you need him to he's not going to be pigeonholed to slot I just think that's where he's going to be best um, and you know, you look at a guy like him, he, he's a he's a crisper outrunner. He played in a pro-style offense last year um, with a professional quarterback, practically. So um, he, he's going to have a higher understanding of what it takes to be successful from, from Jump Street. Um, so I think Justin Jefferson, I, that, you know, if that happens, I, I'm not sure a lot of people will complain if he's the pick. Um, so that's great. I hope Justin Jefferson is the pick, and I'm, I'm with most people. He, he's my number one guy. He is who I want in Green Bay above all. Will he be there? I do not know. You know, Peter King came out today with his mock draft and talked about how he can see him going in the teens. He can, he, there's teams interested in trading up if he slides, you know, into the twenties or if he's available there. So the, him being there, I, I don't know if he will be or not, but you know, crazier things have happened. Um, there's always going to be guys at the end of round one that are there that you did not expect as Packers fans. You should expect that because the Packers are typically picking there and there's always guys that slide. Um, my next guy is someone that I feel like talking about coming full circle. Uh, Jalen Rager is, is that type of guy, you know, before the combine Packers Twitter was hot and heavy for him. And I get it. He's a very electric, exciting player. 
Um, and then he went to the combine a little bit heavy, did not work out how he really should have, how we expected him to. And it just didn't really match up with what he did on tape. And so you, you look at a guy like that. And so you ask yourself, okay, so why, why, why didn't he run as fast? Why were his agilities not good when you turn on the tape and that's all you see? I mean, he bulked up to 205, 207, whatever he was. He This guy played probably at 195 or less, which is fine. 195 is is a fine playing weight for someone um, like Jalen Rager. And I think he just tried to just try to get – he got too big. And and you see that happen sometimes. But then he came out at his pro day. And I don't really know what you want to think about these pro days. I, I really don't. So you can draw your own conclusion, and I won't try to convince you either way. But for me personally – um, his pro day numbers looked more like what I saw on tape. And that just confirmed for me um, that he is that player. And if he is that player, some things that he can do for the Packers is really one, he can improve their horizontal passing game. And what, what that means is Jalen Rager could come in. Um, and you heard, if you listen to the podcast yesterday, you heard our, our friend Ben Fennel talk about it. Uh, Jalen Rager could be that Debo, um, type player for the 49ers you know where you use him on those jet actions you use him on you know slip screens uh you you just get the ball in his hands he does not need to have a super proficient route tree from from the get-go he doesn't um and he can he can take a ball he can score with it from wherever and the Packers just don't have anyone on the field like that and one thing that Ben was talking about that I really agree with and I really like is offense does not need to be so difficult and sometimes it just seems like the Packers have been just fighting an uphill battle the entire 60 minutes they're on the field. They just don't have those guys that can take something and take advantage of a defense slipping up a little bit. Jalen Rager is that guy. If you take one false step, he could be off to the races. Um, so he could be really, really fun in green and gold. Um, that's Jalen Rager out of TCU. Um, I could really see him being the pick at 30, but then again, um, I've talked to people, I've heard from people, and then you even saw it. Again, I'm going to mention Peter King's mock um, a lot because I think he is super plugged in. He only does one of them, um, but he had him going going high. I, I, I really think uh, there's a good chance that the Eagles have a, a, a big man crush on Jalen Rager at 21. Um, so him being there at 30, again, same thing as Jeff, Justin Jefferson. No idea if he'll be available or not. Um, but if he is, I could absolutely see the Packers um, taking that card with Jalen Rager's name on it. And the last one is a guy that's picked up steam the really the last week or so of this of this draft process for the Packers at 30. And I actually wrote about him as one of my ideal fits for the Packers, um, where our, our guy Andy Herman wrote an article, I think, last week. And that's Michael Pittman Jr., um, Going back to, and I think I've talked about it even on this podcast, going back to finding someone that can come in from day one and be a contributor. I think that's Michael Pittman Jr. I would not be surprised in the slightest if Michael Pittman Jr. has the best rookie season out of anyone in this wide receiver draft class. He is just so polished. There's there's not really any holes in his game. Um, and then on top of that, he's, he's big. And I think there's a disconnect right now with the NFL and big wide receivers. Um, and I kind of buy into that. I kind of have a weird thing against big wide receivers because to me, separation is king. If you can separate uh, at the college level, you can do it at the NFL level. The, the, the path to success there is so much more clear. 
uh, as opposed to these big bodied guys that have to win contested catches. And again, Ben Fennell talked about it today on the podcast or with Andy yesterday, that, that it's just not as easy to win that way in the NFL. You see a lot of guys that, that can't do that. But what Michael Pittman Jr. has is, and I don't want to pigeonhole him into being just a big guy because when you put this guy's tape on, yes, he's big, but he separates. And he separates because he is an NFL route runner right now. Um, he can struggle with press, with with corners that are proficient um, press corners, but I don't think there's any reason to say that he can't beat that. Uh, maybe not super consistently his rookie year, but it's something that he, I think, will get better at um, as even his rookie year progresses. He'll be an older rookie, so that doesn't really fit the Packers' mo. He'll be 23 years old, so it's not like he's you know an old man. But in in terms of prospects, uh, the Packers have really leaned towards those 20, 21 year old type guys. Um, but Michael Pittman Jr., if you were looking to get Aaron Rodgers a weapon that he's going to be able to utilize this season. Um, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is absolutely that guy. I don't think he'll be there at 62. Um, so if if depending on how the board falls for the Packers, I would say of these three receivers, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. has the best chance of being available at 30, and he might be the best receiver on the board left at 30. Um, so that could be that 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 could be something that's interesting. Another receiver I do want to throw out and. You know, what's crazy about this year's draft class is usually you I, usually I think I have a list of about five guys and I'm pretty sure I have an idea of one of these like five guys will be will be a Packer. Um, this year is not really that way, because as I'm even going through it right now, I realize like Brandon Ayuk is not on this list and Brandon Ayuk could absolutely be the pick at 30. He's someone that this last week I got a, I got my hands on his all 22 and he is he's got some some special ability he's got real loose hips he was a better route runner than i initially thought he was um and he's a dog with the ball in his hands brandon Ayuk too and he's kind of one of those west coast guys you know the packers uh they have scouts from arizona state they have manny wilkins from arizona state uh who is was his quarterback last year they're gonna have a lot of connections um, to Brandon Ayuk and in this year's weird weird draft class that might be something that they feel more comfortable with because they have you know more sources uh, I guess you could say more um, people that they can go talk to uh, references and say you know tell me about this guy so Brandon Ayuk could absolutely be the pick there at 30 as well so there's four receivers I guess um, on the Packers big board I think if they go receiver it will be one of those four players Rager, Jefferson, Pittman Jr., or Ayuk. I think it will be uh, one of those four. Um, not sure who else would be there. Mims is a guy I talked about already, but like I said, I just don't think they'd be in on him. And then the position that is not as sexy, but certainly something worth investing in is that offensive tackle position. Um, I think the first guy on this list is Josh Jones I from Houston. Um, I think he is a guy that could play his rookie year if you needed him to, um, but I think he would really benefit from being able to not to sit, you know, kind of doing even if he had to do the Elton Jenkins plan of you know kind of splitting time, earning it, and then by week four, five, six, taking that job and running with it. I I, I like his game a lot. Um, not many holes in his game. 
he he he's pretty ready to play. If this wasn't such a deep loaded offensive tackle class, I think he is easily a top fifteen pick. But because there are guys in front of him um, that are better than him, they're better prospects. But that's just kind of kind of just goes to how good this tackle class is. And those tackles are going to go early because that is a position that gets overdrafted. We saw Titus Howard get drafted in the first round last year. Um, by the Texans, dude should not have been a first-round draft pick, but the Texans desperately needed a tackle. Um, there is a shortage of tackle play, you know, competent tackle play in the NFL, and the Packers are kind of dipping their toes into that this year by signing a kind of a broken-down right tackle in Rick Wagner, who you hope can you can get a year or two out of, but the Packers certainly need to start thinking about the future there at that position. I think Josh Jones. Um, would be a slam dunk pick. I think Josh Jones and Justin Jefferson would be the two best picks for the Packers at 30, you know, providing that they're, they are available. Um, another pick, um, and this one's interesting, and we'll talk about this. That's Austin Jackson out of USC. You talk about young players. Austin Jackson is 20 years old. He's going to be 20 years old on draft day. Cannot even go out and buy himself a beer to celebrate. Um, one thing that's really cool about him is, you know, if you read about him, he did some, uh, so he did a bone marrow transplant to help, I believe it was his sister or someone in his family, um, robbed him of his last off season. And when you watch him on tape, I think you originally, you look at him the first few games and you say, well, this guy's not a very good athlete, but then you watch him a little bit more and you watch as the season progresses and then you watch him you know, get out in space and unhinge his hips and the way he can get out to the second level. Um, his athleticism is not something that I really have a question about. But then he went to the combine and did not do very well in his agilities. His three cone and short shuttle were not good times. And you might be saying, well, why does that matter? He's an offensive lineman. I don't care how agile, agile he is. The Packers do. Um, you look at guys like TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, uh, Corey Lindsley, Bakhtiari, all those guys have something in common and that they all had very good agilities. Um, and for the Packers, you know, another thing is Packers fans, we love to talk about Jason Spriggs and how, well, we can't draft good athletes because look at Jason Spriggs. It's like, yeah, but look at all the guys that they've hit on with that same um, threshold, that same criteria. Um, it's not something that I am going to question. The Packers have been very good at drafting offensive linemen. Um, the thing about Austin Jackson, though, is he does not fit in those thresholds. Um, but if you follow John Lanyard on Twitter, he came out today and said, you know, a lot of teams are not really trusting the agilities and some of the workouts at this year's combine. And the reason being was they changed the format. And with these agilities, you know, anyone that's ever done any type of exercise, I guess, knows that. The more tired you are, the less explosive you're going to be and the less, you know, athletic, I guess you're going to be. But the way they had this combine set up this year, they had these guys standing around all day and they had long breaks in between their drills. So a lot of these guys' agility drills are coming, you know, in the evening where they had been on their feet all day. Um, they've done some work. They have trying to keep themselves loose. But honestly, by the end of the day, they're probably just tired. Their legs are just dead. Um so I think a lot of these teams maybe didn't rely on that. So that'll be actually really interesting to see what the Packers do there. Because if you come to me and say, and I know our buddy uh, Peter Bukowski was taught, we were talking about this. He doesn't think uh, Austin Jackson 
um, is a good athlete. And, and that's fine. And I disagree with that. I, I, I watch him on tape and I think, you know, I think he is a good athlete. So it'll be interesting to, to see what the Packers think if he's there at 30 and if they end up picking him. Um, he fits a lot of the criteria that typically the Packers really like. Uh, just those agilities were not great. I think if he comes out and has better agilities, though, we're talking about him being a slam dunk pick at 30. Um, but he he did not. And so speaking of agilities and freak athletes, um, this, this guy, it's almost kind of funny because Packers fans just roll their eyes when you hear this guy's name. And I kind of do too, but it makes a lot of sense. And I keep referencing... Uh, ben and Andy's podcast from yesterday, which was awesome. If you haven't listened to it, um, some of the best, some of the best Packers draft content you can listen to is so good. Um, but that is Ezra Cleveland, and I and Andy actually has the Packers taking Ezra at thirty. Here's the thing: I don't think he's going to be available at thirty. Everything I've heard this last week is that Cleveland Browns are hot to trot for Ezra Cleveland. Their Cleveland's going to Cleveland. Um, I think the Vikings um, are very in on Ezra Cleveland. So the chances of Ezra even being there at 30, I, I, I don't think it's that great. And what's funny about that is because that's kind of the, that's kind of the take that you get from people on Twitter is, you know, or just people in general is, well, why would you take a top, you know, a, a, my, the 78th player on the board at 30? Well, one reason is because he's an offensive tackle, and I already talked about how those guys get overdrafted. It's almost as bad as quarterbacks. Um, the second thing is, you know, you hear all these people talking about how GMs and whoever that GM that says we're wronger, which we won't get into the, to the uh, semantics of how he worded that, but saying you know we we are more wrong this year about mock drafts and and projections than than in years past, and that's why it's going to be so interesting. I, I think honestly, teams have their boards, and um, I think people have talked about it too. Like when you get these guys, these scouts, these other people, all at these pro days and stuff, they're standing around, they're talking to each other. Um, even if you try not to do this, it's hard. It's not hard not to. You see it even um, on forums like Twitter, where a group group think can happen. Someone can start talking about a guy, and you can be talked into someone. My board, yeah, even myself, my board that I do, if I didn't talk to the people I talked to, it'd probably look different if it was just me sitting down. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I really don't because I think you can learn a ton from other people. Um, Brandon Ayuk is a guy that I was not high on three weeks ago. Some people I really trust and really respect. I had conversations with them, um, talked to some things, some concerns that I had about him. And then heard their opinions, and and that kind of changed mine a little bit. If I don't know if that's right or wrong, I really don't. But I think you can learn from people. Um, but I, like I'm the point I'm trying to make is these guys have not been around each other. Their big boards are going to be so different. Like there could Ezra Cleveland could go pick eleven or whatever, and and someone else might be their mind might be blown. They make oh my gosh, so we had that guy one eleven. They took him at eleven. Um, but I, that's kind of the case every year. But I think it's just going to be amplified this year. Uh, and, and, and I know, guys, we, we are so looking forward to Thursday, Friday, and Saturday just to get a break from kind of everything, um, just to get some sports, some live sports, even though it's not really a sport, but 
uh, just kind of an escape, something fun to do. Um, so remember, I, I would just caution and remind everybody, you know, let's let's be kind to each other. Let's be kind to the players uh, that come into Green Bay. Uh, they it is not their choice to get picked there. Sometimes we can kind of go overboard. I remember the Rashawn Gary pick last year, and a lot of us are probably still blocked by Mr. Gary, um, and that's okay. But let's just remember uh, to have fun, to enjoy this. Uh, for a lot of these guys, this is their dream coming true, and they don't need some some guy like you or me on Twitter absolutely bashing the pick. So let's try to see the positive if it's not someone you love. And if it is someone you love, go wild. Uh, enjoy it because as we kind of all know, um, we haven't been able to enjoy sports. So um, all that all that pent-up fandom that you've had bottled up for weeks and weeks now, let it go, let it flow, and uh, and we'll have a good time. Um, we're going to do some real cool stuff here at Pack a Day. We're going to do some cool stuff at PackerReport.com as well, um, which is one of the reasons Ross is not here today, just because that man's been uh, working himself ragged. So um, we'll get some great content for you guys, though, to to check out, to read, to listen, all that, all that good stuff. Um, thank you for joining me today. Um, and until next time, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.